Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to have such a luminous, beautiful, mystical being on the podcast today, Sri Mati. Um, I have been kind of watching her from afar for years and telling myself like, wow, that is a divine, feminine, incarnate, beautiful, uh, radiant woman who I aspire to be like. And when I aspire and I feel something that I aspire to be like in a woman, I, I want to get to know her. I want to come closer to her. So um, I'm so happy that she agreed to be on the podcast and that I got this chance to sit down with her. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. I'm so excited to have Sri Mati here with us today, this gorgeous goddess who I know you you guys are listening and I have the pleasure of looking at her <laughs> um, with beautiful, long silver hair. And she just told me before we got on that she has a new spiritual name. So I just want to hop in and I'd love to hear how did you first get the name Sri Mati? And then now that you're adding on these new titles, tell us more. <laughs> Well, Alexandra, thanks so much for having me. And I, I hope that I get to say fuck a lot on this podcast. I mean, okay, is, that, right. is that part of... <laughs> you know, it's funny because like I came up with a title for my book, Fuck Like a Goddess in 2017. I was a whole different person then. Right. And then I came up with the title for this podcast, like in, I don't know, 2019. And so sometimes I'm thinking like, what am I going to change it? But when I did the research for um, my book... Uh, around the etymology of the book of the word fuck i actually found that it you know there was like a beautiful almost like it's like a, a, a tantric word like a word that holds energy that holds power that wasn't originally profane like it wasn't originally meant to be um, mm -hmm. a curse right like the idea of a curse is so funny that a word would be a curse so anyway i don't know can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, have you seen uh, Osho's um, video? Oh my. Okay. So everyone listening and you, as soon as we finish this podcast, yeah. uh, Google Osho, fuck. Okay. He gives a uh, spiritual discourse on the word that is one of the most brilliantly uh, funny, amazing um, sort of explorations of this universal word that can be used in so many different forms. Right. And so it's one of my favorite uh, spiritual teachings. Okay. Uh, fuck has to be my favorite curse word. <laughs> um, so I wasn't kidding when I said, I hope I can say fuck. Yes, really you can say it as many times. Anyway, as no, it's totally cool. Okay. So getting back to the spiritual name. Okay. Yes, please tell well, us. About it. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, I've been one of those um, uh, spiritually facing beings. I, I came in this way. So I was often... Um, just uh, searching and exploring in a different sort of lineages. And, and because I love the Vedic lineage so deeply, um, I really desired a spiritual name. And um, I was on my way to initiation with more than a few uh, gurus or teachers, but I had this sort of habit of skipping out 
like at the at the at the eleventh hour. Um, I just had I'm a, I'm a rebel. I'm not really a devotee. I don't really follow people, but I would get caught or or sort of revisit sort of these communities or these lineages, and I would become sort of nostalgic. And then I would think like, I want to be a part of that, but really I didn't want to be a part of it. So I I would leave um, and then I would not have a spiritual name. But one time uh, I was studied with um, an enlightened uh, Indian master who I'm not going to give his name. Why do I not give his name? Because just because he served that role for me doesn't mean that he serves it for others. Right. And so they have a saying in spiritual um, teachings that um, the, you know, the, the master finds you like the, the master will come, you know, it's not right. the student doesn't pick. So at this particular juncture of my life, I was going through a very intense separation from another spiritual teacher that I had been in close relationship with. He was in his seventies and he was more of a Merlin type figure and an occult, mm -hmm. occult master. So occult means that which is hidden. Um, and we had a separation uh, that included me getting served a legal summons, accusing me of some shenanigans, which were completely made up and crazy. Um, and I was heartbroken, just heartbroken that this, spiritual guide of mine had turned on me and I was even questioning my connection to the divine being, the divine beings. Like, you know, do they like me since he's angry at me, you know, with me. And it was a wonderful initiation that I had uh, about giving my power away. Mm -hmm. So as humans, when we're new on the path, you know, we, we want to belong to somebody. We want somebody to tap us on the head with a wand and make it oh so, or, um, you know, it's it's something that I think is ingrained uh, in parts of us. Uh, but if we're lucky, we'll have an experience or a teaching about teaching us not to give our power away. And so I had this experience with this with this teacher of mine. And through that experience, I found my way to my music because through my broken heart, I was meditating, playing uh, a harmonium. And suddenly the song started writing me and these songs had been waiting, you know, this musician part of me had been waiting to be born. So I often ask people, was he my greatest enemy or my greatest teacher? And is there any difference? Right. Um, so uh, this other Indian master I had met sort of, uh, they sort of overlapped. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they were going to get along really well, but that didn't work out. But um, so I went to a workshop and I guess when I signed the paper, it asked, would you like a spiritual name? And I checked yes. But then hours later, I'm in meditation and suddenly they're calling my name and I go up on the stage and he's giving me the spiritual name. But I didn't realize that I was going to get the spiritual name then. I thought it was like a process you would go through. And so I was very burdened and very heavy and very much in my mind and feeling very lost. And he looked in my eyes and he said, your name is Ma Ananda Srimati. And he said, this means blissful, beautiful, and fortunate. And he looked at me and he said, be that. And I, I just felt like 10,000 bricks fell off my back, you know, of me wow. trying to analyze, like, was I a good student? Had I been a worthy devotee? Had I given enough of my heart? And he gave me this beautiful gift because he explained that a spiritual name carries three aspects. It is your path to enlightenment. 
It is the goal of enlightenment and it is the essence of who you are, Mm -hmm. the beingness of who you are. And we're all different. And so he gave me this beautiful, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful permission to be the artist that I am. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I create beauty in my life. Mm -hmm. I am a devoted being. That's how, that's my secret sauce and everything that I do. It's devotion, Mm -hmm. it's heart, and it's this frequency of beauty. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, it was, it's not for those of you and for those of us in the modern world, you know, it's not easy to change your name to like suddenly tell people like, okay, Alexandra, now I want you to call me Ma Ananda Srimati, you know? So, which is why I shortened it to Srimati because most of the, you know, English speaking population can't even say Srimati. It gets stuck. Um, but if you look into some of the indigenous lineages, you'll find uh, like Native American, uh, as they go through initiations in their life, they take many names. Mm-hmm. So it's about an initiation and a passage. And so I'm at a point in my life, I've had so many names. I've had other spiritual names that people have given me that have been sort of more casual. Um, but I am connected with the spiritual community of Dominher. It's in the uh, Piedmont region of Italy in the Northern uh, Italian Alps. And it is a spiritual community that was founded over 47 years ago by uh, a being who described himself as one with memory. Um, his name is Falco Tarasico, mm-hmm. which means falcon dandelion Mm. and uh in dominher uh they really are the masters of community they've been Mm. uh, they built temples to mankind inside a mountain in secret um 50 people worked for 19 years 24 hour shifts without missing and they dug it out mostly by hand and they became artists in the process so it is adorned with mosaics, stained glass windows, paintings, sculptures, um, and infused, and not only that, a technology and amplification of spiritual frequencies um, uh, that are are immense. And so one of the uh, initiations that they engage in is the people of Dominher take an animal name and a plant name, and then later crystal name, divine name. Um, And so I've been connected with this community since 2008. Mm -hmm. And when you um, choose a name, you have to uh, make sure no one else has it. So they don't have like multiple lions, they have one. Mm -hmm. And part of your, um, part of this experience is to merge with the species, to connect with the race mind of the species and to, um, you know, embody this union with the natural world which in the ancient times we used to have this unity with the plant world, the animal world, the mineral world. Um, and so uh, it was suggested to me uh, that I consider taking the name for blue whale. And I was immensely surprised that after so many years that no one had taken blue whale, mm. blue whale is the largest uh, living creature to ever incarnate uh, in this realm. So yeah. it's larger than any dinosaurs. Wow. Uh, her heart is as big as a Volkswagen. Wow. Um, she travels farther than any other mammal, animal. So she migrates o- over many of the planet. 
Um, her sound, she sings to attract her mates. Mm. And um, she's the largest mammal. She produces more milk than any other living creature. And her sound is louder than, the Bo- than a Boeing jet. Wow. And it reaches more than 2,000 kilometers underwater. Wow. And so why have I taken this name at this time? Just came from Italy. I traveled there to be part of a ritual. And I was initiated in the temples to communicate with uh, whales and dolphins. Um, so it's an actual physical sign language that you make when you make contact with them, either underwater or on the side of the boat. And one of the amazing things about the bridge forms, which mean that they have a divine spark like the human being, um, is that when you communicate one thing to one of them, it instantaneously um, is communicated to the entire race because they are a collective, unlike humans, you know, we've separated, but they're a collective uh, race mind. So I am called Balenotera Azzurra. Wow. And you don't have to call me that. No one has to call me that. <laughs> they call me that. So when, oh. I, when I'm in Dom and Her doing meditation with them or ritual, they call me that. It's quite sweet. Um, but I am using it in ritual. And as someone who has many, many expressions, I, I'm really into the embodiment of the multidimensional nature of what it means to be a human being. Um, but this life form allows me the container to finally breathe into all that I came here to express. And so I feel it to be a great blessing for me and a great honor. And, um, and so I, I am really connecting with this species on a very deep level. So thank you for asking. Wow. Oh my goodness. I could just listen to you talk. I'm like, wow. I'm so glad that everyone listening is listening to you right now. Like, you know, that this is going to move out through time and space and that people can feel you. Um, yeah. I, Cause I just, the potency of your life, I can, I can feel just a little, you know, tidbit from over here <laughs> and of your, it sounds like the devotion to your path. And that is something nowadays that I feel like it's, it's, people can say what they can say, right? They can say they did study with this teacher and did this thing and they have a million followers and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, for me, it's like, can I feel your heart and your devotion? And that is what I care about. I don't care about, you know, how many followers you have or like what you've really done. I mean, I care about like, Ooh, you carry a transmission. So thank you for bringing that here. Thank you. Thank you for the recognition. And, you know, just want to say, you know, remind us all that there is no one of us that is more or less spiritual than another. It is a choice. You are all potentially divine and it's a choice of life experience and there's really no value difference given. So it doesn't matter if those of us on the front wave of this ascension on planet earth, we're in this moment of planetary transformation. It it is not a point like any other time in history. It is a moment of evolution, not only in this realm, but in other realms. And so there are many eyes on planet earth because of the billions of life forms that exist here. It's a very Mm -hmm. unusual planet in that way. Um, But it's important for us to realize that you do not need a priest, a guru, Uh, anyone 
to be a go-between uh, between you and source. Now you might enjoy that like I did. It's good. I mean, it can give you a sort of a step, you know, yeah. or a hand. Um, and I certainly have my teams of, of expanded beings that, um, you know, I, I cherish my communion with them. But what I mean to say is that spiritual, spirituality is not a religion. It's not an ism. It's not a dogma. It's not about you doing a certain thing you know, group of things or, or being forced to give up your joy. Mm -hmm. It's about you really finding out who you are. Uh, and, and it's a, it's a lifelong study, but it can start with just what you what do you love? What are the tastes you love? What season do you love? What are mm -hmm. the scents and aromas or what is that thing that just makes you fall on the floor in ecstasy? You know, what is the, well, who are the people that you adore, that you, um, that you revere? Like, who are those personages? Because if you see that in someone else, you have that within you. It's like, we're all mirrors. Mm -hmm. And so I think the times are providing uh, the awareness that spiritual communion is becoming essential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to hear you speak more about what you're seeing from these times in a, in a sense, like where we are, where we could go. And as you being, I don't know if you like the word, um, you know, I know you're a mother. I don't know if you like the word crone or, you know, I don't know if you consider yourself an elder. I would never in our culture, you know, sometimes we equate that to not a good thing, <laughs> but I feel you as you know, someone in that position who you've lived life longer. I think it's something that a lot of us don't have. We don't have the communities of elders who are saying, okay, this is where we're going. This is what's happening on the planet. Mm -hmm. at, at right now, it feels like we're, there's a lot of confusion. And those of us who have a practice, we're just like, okay, we're continuing to open, to become love, to do our best, to pray, et cetera, et cetera. But I would love to hear how you see things unfolding um, on the planet right now. And I'm saying in a, in a larger spiritual context, not necessarily in the minutia of politics, et cetera, but, um, and how we can step in. And I know that's a big question. So however it feels most resonant to answer. No, I'd love to love to speak on that. Thank you. Um, you know, I would say that I am, I am many things. So yeah. I am an elder. Uh, I'm a priestess. Uh, I am a yogi. I'm a mother. I'm a singer. I'm an artist. And um, I carry the full spectrum of life experience within me. I'm also a six-year-old child. Mm -hmm. I am a, a young maiden. I'm all of it. So, yeah. so thank you for that. And, uh, what I would offer is a perspective and I'm, and I'm prefacing what I'm going to say by a perspective, this, what I'm speaking to you through these, through this beautiful meeting of the medium of the podcast, which is so genius, um, is a perspective, you know, and I, my design is that I teach from my own life experience. So I'm not going to ever give you facts or figures or pontificate or analyze I'm going to share with you my own life experience. And most of it is a feeling that I have digested. So what you feel from me in the transmission is part of my life print. So I come from many, many lifetimes in the yogi lineage. And I have 
like a bank that I've created over chanting mantra for so many lifetimes mm. that now it's, it's called past life punya. It's like a, it's like a little treasure t- chest. And so when I speak, it's part of my makeup that I have the ability to transmit. And it has nothing to do with Julie, the personality. That's my street name, Julie Pyatt. That's not, that has nothing to do with that. It's something that is just, it just is. Um, so this perspective I would give you, Uh, And you could say about me that she's left no stone unturned. So (laughs) I never had a chance to go meet an alien. I went. If I ever had a chance to go meet a walk in, I went. I've studied with Mayan elders, Native American sweat lodge, uh, all kinds of lineages of Vedas, um, channelers, uh, whatever. I, I always have been there studying and looking into that. And this is what I've learned after all the, after all these years, I've learned that every life form has its perspective. Okay. So there is no answer about what is happening. And the thing that is most important for each one of us is that we realize our own life form. So everyone that is listening to this, there is not one of us that is the same in the entire omniverse. That means anywhere there is life, there is only one Alexandra. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, I'm going to say, if you do not fulfill and embody everything that Alexandra is, it's not like, it's like, oh, well, no worries. She'll die. And then another Alexandra will come. No, there's only you. And so I always say that at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on that pillow, make sure it was your life that you were leading. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Of course, we, by design, we're put in this paradigm and we're constantly looking at the other, comparing ourselves against the other. What matters is what have you uh, become aware of in your lifetime? And how has that awareness provided the ability to love more? And I'm going to say that that love affair begins first with you. Mm-hmm. And it, but it really does. It's not just like, oh, you can't love another if you don't love yourself. I'm talking about going naked and sitting in the mirror and gazing into your eyes for long periods of time and looking at what you are sitting in. This miraculous vehicle of technology, spiritual technology that is housing your soul. So what I would say is um, I created my spiritual online mentorship program called Water Tiger to assist us to fall in love deeper with who we are. Mm. because I know that if I go and I commune with the alien races that are from Syria they're going to see things from a certain perspective. Mm. If I speak to the Palladians, it's going to be from a different perspective. If I talk to the Mayans, it's going to be from this way. If I go to Egyptian, it's going to be from another way. If I talk to the Vedas, it's going to be from another way. And at the end of the day, who's right? All are right. Mm. And as my beautiful guide and spiritual love, Srima Anandamoy Ma, she uh, lived, incarnated, and uh, I guess she passed in like 1980, 80-something. She was a realized being from birth. Uh, Indian saint woman, look her up, one of the most beautiful women to ever live uh, on this planet. Um, but her 
quote, which I love is every man is right from his own point of view. And this gave me a tremendous amount of uh, relaxation Mm. in understanding. So the human condition is always looking for consensus. Mm. What's the right diet? What's the right political party? What's the right, you know, everything, right? It's always looking for consensus. But how can there be consensus in a world where every billion, every part of the billions of life forms is completely unique? And Osho used to tell a story um, about, you know, there was a fish, a rabbit, a squirrel, and a bird, and they decided to form a standardized board of education. And I don't even have to continue the story because you can already laugh inside of yourself, you know? And so same thing with water tiger is my spiritual online mentorship group. The reason I named it water tiger is that is another animal form like whale that I am uh, very aligned to. I'm a water tiger in Chinese astrology. Mm -hmm. I have this sort of push pull. I want to be seen. I have stripes and I'm the leader and I'm loyal and I'm very fierce, but I also go hiding. I just disappear. I go into the black because that's what feeds my soul. So why am I a tiger going to argue with an eagle and tell the eagle that they should be like me? It's just Mm -hmm. not intelligent. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a perspective. So what I would tell you is if anybody says they know what's happening, Mm -hmm. they don't know. I will tell you that we are being watched by many, many worlds. We are the the show of the multiverse right now. There are races that everyone has eyes on us. Are we going to, how are we going to um, live through this experiment? You know, are we going to be able to reclaim our divinity that has been separated from us. And this is not our fault. This is by design. These are things that were set up, planetary conditions beyond our control. It's not about a political party. These, they're puppets. Like this is being orchestrated from a much bigger standpoint. And at the end of the day, if what I'm saying is, you know, is, uh, you know, far out for you, you know, if, if you don't believe in aliens or, you know, whatever your thing is, <laughs> um, it, it just doesn't matter. What matters is that you commune with yourself. So the ascension process is really an incension process. It's happening within you. So it's as if you're a microcosm of the macrocosm and the entire universe is existing within you. And the only thing that matters is you and you, your experience. How are you relating with it? Um, Are you using your challenges to evolve? Have you learned? Um, Are you clearing patterns? And most importantly, have you discovered what is the pure joy in your heart that is waiting to be expressed Mm. in whatever form? So again, sometimes in spiritual circles, we hear this sort of ism like, oh, I'm killing the ego. You're not killing the ego. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't be in a human body. You would just be light. You wouldn't even be here. So we're in the world of forms. And if you feel a love for a certain lineage, for a certain expression, for music, for art, for whatever it is, teaching, for food, whatever it is, do that. Do that. Experience it. Digest it. And let it be a part of who you are, 
part of your coding, which is why I can speak and it has a resonance to it because I didn't just read it in a book. I have lived it and digested it. Yeah. And that creates, you know, it's both challenging and joyous, you know, yeah. like no experience is all good. And that's another thing like on Instagram or in our world, you know, we're looking for the positive. Well, life is a full spectrum. You're, you, you know, the, the wave is not at the crest the whole time. It go, comes in and it goes out, you know? Mm -hmm. So the question is, are you living in communion with the greater part of yourself? And have you been able to allow the respect and the attention to that which is unseen? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my great guides is Sri Ramana Maharshi. Um, who was a realized, uh, he realized at like age 16 through a death experience. And he didn't have a, a body of teachings per se. Um, he basically just transmitted pure power, pure energy. But he, his guru was a mountain and he walked this mountain his whole life. And I happened to have incarnated where I built a home under a mountain that is a twin to his mountain. And so we carry this sort of, uh, lineage where I walk the mountain with him. And, um, uh, you know, he has mentioned in his life that, you know, the size of the vessel that you go to the divine with is the size of, of communion that you receive. Mm. So if you go with a little teeny thimble, then you're going to get a thimble. If you go with a bowl, you're going to get a bowl. If you go with your whole being, you're going to, you know, it's right there waiting to answer to you. So getting back to just a few points that I will say, this is a time like no other time in planetary history. Um, there is a possibility and an opportunity for evolution like never before. Uh, in my perspective, I uh, feel deeply about being open to the miraculous, to that which we never saw coming. Um, and uh, I know that we are much more than this physical body that we are living in. We are, in fact, multidimensional life forms. And so we can relax and love more, find joy in what we're doing, and um, really just relax this judgment about everyone yeah. and allow the process of life to unfold um, making sure that we are conscious of our choices. You know, we're not just living like recklessly, like we don't care. Something very profound is happening and very serious. And, you know, many people will take exit during this time. So there will be millions more people that transition. Um, not, you know, yes, on the wings of maybe it was an illness or maybe it was an accident or maybe, you know, I'm sure you're hearing, oh, so-and-so just didn't wake up. You know, like that's been an often thing that I hear. Um, it's because it's a, it's, an, it's a transition point because mm -hmm. there are other places of life. Um, if you look in the Vedas, you know, how many universes are there? Innumerable, innumerable. So for me, it's like, it just sort of, I'm like, oh, thank fucking God. Like, it's not about, it's not about the station wagon and going Home Depot on Sunday. No, it's just, it's not about any of that. And the other thing is we can just relax. Like, yeah. like you're enough right now. You're just enough right now already. You're already loved. Like the sun 
is shining on all its life forms mm. without discernment, edit, right. analysis. Mm. It's just shining. That's all it is. And the truth, it doesn't defend. It simply is. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing? And if you're, and the other thing is, is, you know, if you're on Instagram telling people what they should do, <laughs> I mean, it's a choice. You could, you could do that. It's a choice, but oh man, don't miss what's inside your own heart because yeah. we, the solutions to the challenging challenges that we're facing, which are, which are intense. I mean, this is not a little, this is not a little uh, playground. All you have to do is look around at the violence, the, yeah. you know, predatory nature, the wars, the pillaging, the destruction of the planet, the, you know, violence. It's like, um, so I know though that nature is perfect and I'm going to wager and I'm going to bet this is, this is my big bet that if I can help facilitate you to fall in love with who you are, Mm. and you can embody that and express that mm. then you are going to bless all of us creation the planet all of us and i don't need to know what that is it's not for me to say what that is it could be a full anything like who knows but the solutions to the challenges that we're facing reside inside our own hearts mm. because we are divine angelic human forms that up until now have been in a controlled paradigm mm. but that control is now um, releasing and we are reclaiming those energetic lines from a planetary, uh, you know, view um, that is going to enable us to remember who we are. Hi, everybody. Quick interlude here because I want to tell you about my group Radical Awakenings. It's an online community space for wild women, for smart women, for women who love to engage in spiritual practice, who don't go to traditional temple or church, but want to create their own temple space where we can practice embodiment and ritual, where you can stand in front of the group and ask questions, feel your feelings, express your rage, your grief. We can laugh together. We can write together. We can speak and pray in the way that we know in our bones how to do together. So I've been leading spaces like this for a very long time. My first women's circle I led back in 2002. I'm super devoted to creating safe and sacred spaces for women to come together, to play, to express, to embody, to feel, to grieve, to open, to inspire each other. Sacred sisterhood is super important to me and not in some let's fix each other, sugar-coated, dress all in white ver version of spirituality. Of course, you know me, that's not how I roll. The women that come to my programs, they're smart, they're change makers, they're visionaries, they're crossing thresholds and initiations, they're going through dark nights of the soul. They've got tattoos, they've got babies, they're birthing books, they're making radical changes in their lives. Of course, you don't have to have tattoos or babies or books in order to be with us, but all are included. We are a beautiful motley crew of women who have one sacred goal to come together to honor these bodies, these hearts, to honor our spiritual practice day to day, not as something we just do on a yoga or meditation retreat, but something that is incorporated and integrated into our lives. We bring rituals into the homes, we make altars. 
We live by the stars and the moon. We live by the cycles and we come together to reclaim something that we know to be true. So I would love to invite you to the next iteration of Radical Awakenings. We meet twice a month and you get the recordings if you can't attend live with all kinds of bonuses included in the program as well. So look in the show notes. There's a link to join, bring a friend. We would love to have you, to hold you, to be with you as we all continue to walk this wild and weird human life together. Oh, I love that. I mean, gosh, I, I just, you're, I love hearing your perspective. And I think that's so fun. Like you said, like the Eagles perspective, the Dolphins perspective. And I like hearing your perspective, you know, because it's yours and it's beautiful. And like you said, it may feel far out to some or not to some, and it doesn't quite matter. It's like just to feel that. Um, and I want to go into asking you a few more personal questions, but before we leave the planetary, I have one more kind of curiosity, um, which is in terms of like, and, and this may be my mind over rationalizing or creating linearity where it doesn't need to inhabit. So if it is, then it is, but I, I, often think to that Ram Dass quote about you didn't incarnate on this planet because you didn't have, you know, some things to work out. You know, so I'm paraphrasing something like that. And I, I wish I had a sense of like the levels of density or possibility in terms of where planet earth is in um, other dimensional, like, hierarchy again using these words like linear and hierarchy which maybe don't really need to exist there but do you feel like we are on a like denser side of the spectrum here because sometimes I'm, I'm i guess i'm asking this because there are moments where i my whole life since i was like 10 just cannot understand the violence and the horror on this planet and there are these moments where i'm just like wow, what a planet that has such contrast of the most beauty and miraculous and the darkest, most fucked up horror. And yet we're all God, goddesses, nature's creatures. And my partner and I were just on a trip to Italy, actually. And we were talking about this and we were sort of, you know, asking like, if, if when there's say like a very intense serial killer or something like, are they my brother, my sister? In my heart, I can see that they are like that there's a part of them that is. And there's still a part of me and that I'm curious your perspective on this, because I've sort of come to my own conclusions, which is I don't fucking know. And there's a big unknown. But I'm curious what you think about the level of contrast that exists on this planet in sort of comparison to other potential dimensions and realms. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great, great question and and a great thing to explore together. So um, the contrast is what makes this life so coveted. Like there is a, mm. a queue of souls fighting to get in here uh. because it's such a ripe um, playground, or I would say, you know, scientific field or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me a second. Um, to, to evolve because yeah. it's all about evolution. Okay, so whatever you are experiencing and whatever whenever constriction that is, uh, you can use that for your evolution. So if you talk about, you know, demonic activities, um, I would say those are not human. They are 
they are demonic. Uh So that life form is possessed by an anti-life. I would, I I call it anti-life forces. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back at the lineage of the planet of planet earth, um, you know, this is part of the agendas was the eradication of the feminine frequency out of the spiritual history of our planet and the spiritual teachings. So we're looking at what is really behind me too. I mean, that started like way back. So, you know, um, the angelic founder lineage of the divine angelic human form, which by the way, is an eternal life form. Mm. So the death program on this planet is a super imposition on this planet. Mm. So in their essence of their original blueprint, divine angelic humans are eternal beings. Mm. They are sovereign, single soul occupied, not no other occupied energies living within them. Um, But, you know, we've been in this play um, on planet earth that has been by designed um, siphoning our resources, our divine pure resources for different agendas, our earth resources for different agendas. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of looking into the political scape or, you know, like why do only four families own all the money on planet earth? And why do they let millions of our brothers and sisters starve to death? You know, when we have enough food, why is this going on? And, you know, listen, I was, brought up also, you know, believing, you know, led to believe that, you know, we can pursue the American dream and I can be the one person, you know, the 1%. But if what you start to look at it, we see it, we see it every time you see it, the bank bailouts, and then the banks make all the money and all the people suffer. And then, you know, COVID, it's like the billionaires made more billions and all these people are suffering. I mean, you don't have to be like a psychic, to right. see that the system <laughs> is not serving divine principles. Right. Um, but again, we can just relax and go, okay, that was by design. And we've lived through all that. And now it's not. Now it's the Aquarian age and it's a new moment. Mm-hmm. And so now um, starting to gather our strength, um, release our anger and our wanting it to be different. And why did it happen? And, you know, we have masculine and feminine energies within each of us. And part of our evolution is to actualize those energies in balance, in unity within our own selves. And so, um, uh, Mm -hmm. evil, or I would say anti-life forces is a real thing and it exists. And when you have a shooter, a young man that gets embodied and goes and kills a bunch of people, it is not that young man that is doing that. Okay. It's not that it's not that that guy is so bad. It's a fragmentation. Something's fragmented. There's a loss. There's a pain. There's a hurt. And then there are anti-life forces that will use that to inflict terror on the rest of us. In addition, if any of you are feeling the traces of Armageddon or, you know, uh, cataclysms, you have to understand that energy is a thing and thoughts are things. And so forces that, we'll call them just anti-life forces. Yeah. Uh, they will replay and reuse these triggers to incite that fear within you again. Right. 
And what happens when they do it is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because energy Mm. is something, right? And so I want to remind you that the sources that are life-affirming, that are taking back these lines, that mean this is the dawning of a new age, that means we are going to be truly connected to our spiritual divinity, um, this cataclysm is not happening. I mean, yes, there will be weather things, but I'm talking about an Armageddon is not happening. Mm. Stop identifying with these trigger events. It does not mm. make you a worthy person to remember mm. evil. Mm. What, you, what will empower you is let's talk about what Dom and her does. They have, cre- they have painted in art and beauty and spiritual energy and ritual and dance and love the scenes of a world living in harmony, mm-hmm. scenes of a world living in communion and love and respect and diversity. And so we are powerful creators. This is who we are. And um, we have the opportunity to together create the more beautiful world that we wish to experience. Mm -hmm. And that begins with each one of us Mm -hmm. connecting with our hearts and being authentically who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you. That's such a beautiful way of contextualizing and, and kind of, you know, creating a Mm, it feels like a hug around <laughs> the question that I said in a way. Um, yeah, that it's that I love that fall in love with who you are because our awareness is pulled in so many different directions. And like you just said, like that pull of the awareness into fear begins to have a lot of power and um, leads our lives. And so I love this reminder of fall in love with who you are. I also encourage everyone who comes to my programs to just notice what brings you more life, what, what draws you toward it instead of looking outside yourself or trying to make yourself be a certain thing that you've seen. Um, and there are times I think where some of us are like, oh no, but I'm not doing enough, right? Like I'm not doing enough to help the world. If I'm falling in love with who I am, am I being selfish? Like, but in hearing you speak, I'm I'm reminded, and I hope everyone listening is too. It's like, no, it's not selfish. It's actually essential for us to become more full of truth and love and less full of fear. And yeah. So thank you for that transmission. That yeah, sure. Yeah. And if you don't, if you, if you skip the step of embodying who you are, yeah. um, we have a saying, and that is that if you don't embody your life form, something or someone else will. Mm, mm. So are you fully embodied? I mean, are you living in the tips of your fingers? Are you mm-hmm. living in the back of your body? Yeah. This is where the yoga practice is essential. It's essential to get you in your body. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, um, the yoga practice of of being on the mat uh, could be the single most transformative tool that we have at our disposal. Wow. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. It it is not the same as running or it is not the same as any of that. I'm talking about 
getting into a yogic asana practice where you get in your body, it will teach you this capacity to hold a second attention, to be merged in your soul while you're living your life. And when you come to your life and that energy, it's a completely different experience. It's not, it's just not the same. So um, we are often told that being spiritual is martyring yourself. Yeah. And that is not the way. The Mm -hmm. way is uh, to really, really love and be who you are. If you skip this step, you might have an idea, but it will be at a Derek Zoolander sort of (laughs) You're like, you know, you're like, I want to make a school for kids who can't read good. But really what it is, you're avoiding going in deep inside of yourself. Yeah. And you could still do the school. I mean, I'm not saying there wouldn't be something good, but it's a level of, it's a difference of having digested something and then you, you embody that truth. Yeah. Um, and when we're, when we embody truth, then we can be worthy transmitters for our other community. Yes, absolutely. And one of the ways that I feel like I live into this is by being in the tough moments, deeply feeling my grief, going through them, trying not to avoid them, feeling them. And it's excruciating to be deeply with the full spectrum of what happens in our lives. And I know that that's my personal, the way I walk. And I'm curious for you, what have been some of those moments that have um, brought you more fully into the depth of your human experience through pain and suffering, if you want to call them initiations or moments of meeting deep shadow or meeting even these anti-life kind of um, obstacles outside of yourself? But I'm, I'm curious, it sounds like you have these amazing tools and teachers to meet those experiences because you've been so devoted. And um, yeah, we all have those. And I'm curious a few of the things that come to your mind. Yeah, I've got, definitely, I've got a few (laughs) of those. (laughs) Um, I mean, the most profound ones that literally just had me on my knees were death passages. So early in my motherhood, my best friend's four-year-old son drowned. Um, at a party in our community. And, uh, you know, I, I consider myself a very resilient individual. Um, I'm always able to transform challenges or darkness. Like I can find the nugget somewhere. But at that moment, uh, hearing the horror in my beautiful friend's voice, uh, there was there was nothing to be uh, transformed. Like I I just put me on my knees, just on my knees like this. Yeah. And um, so that was really profound. And then I experienced that again uh, when my boys were in their young, their teens and their dad transitioned very um, tragically in it. Well, you know, humanly tragically and divinely. Um, and I had to uh, wake up my beautiful children to tell them that their dad was gone. Um, those were probably the two most amazing, I mean, profound, expansive, and horrifying. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went through a nine-year financial collapse mm-hmm. with, my husband, Rich, and our four children. And that was a spiritual initiation 
of nine years. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know it was going to take nine years. Um, it was a, a process of extreme faith, of deep devotion and reverence, and um, uh, Jediing the systems, being a Jedi master and uh, working around something, you know, quantum, entering yeah. into the quantum. And also during those years, I mean, experienced immense creativity and connection and profound spiritual experiences, um, but also was um, battling the paradigm that was judging me and uh, judgment from my birth family and the community and, you know, labels and, um, and also just the, just the pain of being unable to plug in. I guess, you know, because I could feel the death of the planet during that time. Um, I was uh, raising a spectrum child through, you know, different things. My husband was going through a midlife transformation. <laughs> um, I suffered the loss of one of my gurus. And, you know, I mean, it was kind of like everything all at once. But like one of my spiritual teachers, he told me, he's like, Julie, he's like, you took it as a spiritual challenge. And he's right, I did. You know, I take, and I think that's the thing is it's, it's not like that something difficult is not going to happen to you. It's how do you choose to meet it? Yeah. And, you know, I had a friend of mine who's in, working in, um, you know, food systems and he's deep in that. And he, I, I saw him, he was like, Julie, he's like, we're going to run out of water in two years. And I was like, dude. I was like, you got to Jedi this. Like, you got to change that perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I need to call you. And I was like, yeah, because it's like, I'm not denying. I mean, I'm a plant-based chef and I'm in the plant-based space. And I passionately know that plant-based diet is, is the gentler way to go right now. You know, definitely. For me, forever. But, you know, um, but, um, you know, we, again, we have to be in the quantum. Like we can't be going step one, step two, step three, step four. And we need to be embracing the new children, the new life forms that are coming in because the solutions are residing within their own hearts. Oh. We need to keep them out of the systems that are brutalizing them, that wow. are making them into widgets or wanting to step them down because they know they have the awareness of what to do. And yeah. so at the end of the day, if, if you distill everything that we've talked about down yeah. into one point, <laughs> it's devotion is, is the secret sauce. I mean, devotion, the reverence for life, the reverence that the sun rises, that the winds blow, that the mountains are here, that the trees have been, you know, alive for billions of years. They're the community elders and the beauty and the miraculous nature of the human body that is a multidimensional eternal life form. Mm -hmm. And how can I love this vehicle more, uh, dev be devoted more to it, worship it? How can I shift my perspective to that which is unseen mm -hmm. and be open for the miracle and know that ultimately Earth is a gigantic star. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going through her own planetary transformation. And, um, you know, uh, devotion is a, profound place to be in because you enter into a place where you understand that you do not get the credit for everything that happens in your life. Yeah. But you also do not get the blame for everything mm -hmm. that happens in your life. If you are but a vessel of this one breath that is breathing mm -hmm. all of us, 
that is moving through you, then your mission is to be devoted to that in exactly the way that it comes through you. Mm. And I'm going to just wager, just, Mm. I don't know how I know, but I'm just going to tell you that if you do that, the heart will never lead you astray. You might not have a bank account like I didn't for four years. You might lose your health insurance. You might, like Eckhart Tolle says, you know, you might self-realize with a million dollars in a bank. It goes in the bank. He goes, but it's not likely. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, as young humans, we we're like, I'm going to become spiritual so that I can manifest everything I want and not suffer. And it's in fact the entire entirely wrong idea because stepping into a spiritual life means you're here for all of it. And when you know more than others, you carry more responsibility. So spiritual path is not for the weary or the weak, Um, but ultimately it is the victorious path. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I love that reminder that it's like, we're not just on the freaking path so that we can manifest a million dollars and not have to suffer and like pay to stay out of suffering and create bubbles. Like this is a funny juncture. I think that the Western world is in, and maybe it has been for a while, but I feel like it's much more prevalent for people to hold this kind of understanding of like, I can be rich and also spiritual, which is fully possible. And um, it just, it doesn't, it, if it takes us out of the depth of living and out of like the humility of practice and showing up, then it's, we're missing the point in a way, you know? It's important to say though, that I, I didn't say that having money is not spiritual. Yeah. No, no, no. I, um, I, I don't mean that either. It's just, if it means that that is then the, the, the goal for life, right. Or the sort of, modicum of of spiritual power that one can manifest that right and i think we're missing the point a bit yeah definitely and remembering that it's not it's not what you engage with it's the way you engage with it yeah and um you can have lots of material wealth in a spiritual pursuit and it becomes, it's when you don't need it anymore, when it's like a plaything. you know, that's why, you know, Osho had a bunch of Rolls Royces, you know, and then, you know, people are like, oh, he was an evil guy. He was an evil guy. He just, it was just like, it could have been oranges. It could have been, you know, it was just, and, and, um, and so, uh, you know, understanding, so, so we don't want to um, create an aversion to material wealth because this planet is still ruled by material wealth. So right. we need to have those of us that care about the planet and humanity to step into those roles. So I just want to, I want to be clear about that. So yeah. someone doesn't misunderstand that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, It's just, if you're worshiping the money God and you think that, you know, it's, it's an immature moment that's comical um, like Derek Zoolander, but yeah, you know, we can laugh at ourselves and we can remain, you know, we have to have humor through this whole thing. We have to yeah. get over being so precious about ourselves and, you know, it's, you know, say fuck once in a while and just you yeah. know, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, a friend of mine was telling me about this book about like, if every woman had a million dollars and um, just this. I like that of- title. Yeah. And like the statistics about her, 
putting it into the community, not giving it away, but like how she would use it and what that would do. And um, so I also am very pro us moving through uh, scarcity in our lineages and redistributing the wealth on the planet for sure. And there are certain things that are a little bit more slippery to play with when we're in a practice, you know, and it doesn't mean that we, I think that we can't have lots of great sex and lots of great money and lots of great power. And it's like, it needs to be like, Osho, like, Oh, orange Rolls Royce. (laughs) It's not ruling my life, but it's great. It's around take it or leave it. I like that. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's been so amazing to talk to you. And I feel like I wanted to ask you many other things. However, I feel like we got such a deep transmission um, from you today. And I think that if people want to hear more about your partnership and your um, your work with your uh, company, Shrimu, and your plant-based cheeses, you have your own podcast as well, right? I do, but I'm not really doing it right now. Okay. So since I launched Shrimu, um, which is uh, a global mission of awakening. So it's a frequency of everything that I've just shared, but it's infused Mm. into this plant-based cheese product Mm. and it's a universal offering. So it is plant-based, but it's also paleo, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, raw. Um, And uh, it's a subscription offering. So Mm. it can be ordered for your home delivery in the U S and Canada. And it's, uh, it's, it's stream and do life devotional offerings for life. I call it the next evolution of cheese. I didn't ask you to give up your love of cheese. I just made it better for Mm. your body, for the animals and for the planet. It's Mm. truly uh, an extraordinary experience. It's artful. And um, yeah, so you can check it out at on the site, shrimu.com. And then if any of you guys want to, uh, study with me more. You can join my Water Tiger community, which is on my site, juliepyatt.com. Um, it's a monthly sort of satsang. So every month I provide a talk sort of similar to what I did on your beautiful podcast mm-hmm. today. Um, and it's a subscription. Uh, so you get access to a portal. It's a living sphere of techniques, which I've designed, which leads you into communion with yourself, different ways, all different kinds of things. Um, And so that's what that is. Gorgeous. Wow. Wow. Well, I think that we could all feel just the depth of your practice here today and the depth of your devotion to not only your spiritual path, but just life. I feel that so deeply. So thank you for bringing that here. And I hope that everybody goes and um, just finds you online and finds your community and your world <laughs> and engages with it. And I know you have a trip to Egypt coming up too, right? I do. It, it's going to be, it's going to be past when this airs oh, okay, the, the registration um, closed, but, I, but just to let you guys know, I am doing, I do a transformational retreats. I, I love teaching on retreats. It's where I really feel like I can offer all parts of me. Um, so, so uh, my locations, which will be repeated in 2023, are uh, Italy and Tuscany with my husband, Rich Roll. Um, then also I'll be going to the Arctic Circle, which wow. is in Lofoten in Norway. I scouted it wow. last year. It's insane. 
Um, and then I'm doing a partnership with Reset Telluride. Telluride is a spiritual touch point for me, mm. a portal on planet Earth that's amazing. Um, then I'll be going back to Italy to Gargano, which is near Puglia, a very mm. deep spiritual um, journey along with another Dominurian, Crotolo Sesamo. He's Rattlesnake. Wow. I'm Blue Whale. Wow. And then I'll be repeating Egypt again. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. What a fun, busy so, year. Hey. And know, great if, life. if we get on your email list, will you send that kind of information out when the registrations? Yeah. I do. Um, a great place to follow me is on Instagram at okay. Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I. And then Srimu Do Life is S-R-I-M-U Do Life. Um, those, those two channels, you'll, you'll get all the info. Okay, great. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you from the depth of my heart for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo. And you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review. Give us a five-star rating. All of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon. <laughs>